Go? All right. Amen. We're so glad you're here. On that little yellow sheet, you're going to find our scripture today, 1 John. And if you brought your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John. We'll also be going to the Gospel of John today. So we're going to be talking today, uh, the title of the message is, We Will Leave the Light On For You. Anybody know what uh, hotel commercial that is? Motel 6, that's right. Motel 6, we'll leave the light on for you. And so that's a title of our message today. And so we, uh, Aaron, did we get these pavilions for all day again today? So we have these this two pavilions all day. If you and your family want to hang out here at the park and bring your lunch here, our church has these pavilions all day, so just enjoy them. I appreciate Aaron fixing our little paper there with the songs on it as well and getting this all set up for us. And so these are ours all day. Anybody here that's here wants to come enjoy this, uh, feel free to. If you want to bring your supper down here and hang out, feel free to. All right, so look in 1 John. We're going to be hopefully planning another outside service at the church, maybe late in September, 1st of October. We're going to have a service where we dedicate the soccer field. And so we'll be doing another outside service, outside service sometime later this fall, but it'll be at the church, and uh, we'll all come back together. With two services, some of you don't get to see each other very often, and so it's nice that we ever once in a while we come together outside where we can social distance and, and just feel a little better about being around each other, all right? So John 1, we read the first four verses last week, so First John we're going to pick up in verse 5, and we're going to read down through verse 7, and that'll be our focus. Now, next week, uh, Jen and I will be going to Boone Trail. Uh, I'm going to be baptizing my two nephews. They've asked me to baptize them, and so that's a great honor for me. And so at 8.30, Carl's going to be preaching, so you're going to be blessed with Carl. And then at 10.30, 10 of Lee John Parrott will be at the church. And so you've got two good preachers and uh, we will see you then the next week, and we'll be back in 1 John. All right, so let's pick up in verse 5. Now, where we said last week, the Apostle John wrote this letter. He is probably about 90 years old. This is probably around 90 A.D., so we're almost to the end of the first century when he wrote this letter. He's writing it to the churches, probably in the Ephesus area. And he encouraged last week, we learned that Jesus is life. We learned that he is the word of life. We learned that he is eternal life. He was manifested. We know who God is because Jesus is his son, God in the flesh. And so Jesus came to reveal who the Father is. And so we talked about the importance of understanding Jesus' life. Today, we're going to learn that Jesus is light that he is light. And what does that mean to us, that he is light? So verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. Now, just stop there for just a minute. Think about that. They heard the message. Last week we said, John says, I've heard it. I've seen it. I've even touched it because the false teachers in the church at this time were Gnostic and they believed that the flesh was evil and that Jesus really wasn't in the flesh. But God's Word teaches Jesus was born of a virgin. He took on flesh. He lived a sinless life. He went to a cross. He literally died on that cross for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And so he taught us last week Jesus was in the flesh. We also was reminded last week that Jesus has ne- he doesn't have a beginning. 
Jesus is God, and He's always existed. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus was there. Things were created by Jesus. He, his beginning in the human flesh took place there in Bethlehem. And so it says here, what we've heard from Him, we declare to you. That needs to be our strategy as believers. What we have heard, we should declare to others. Hey, sweetie, honey, can you hear me, Jen? I meant to ask that a minute ago. You can hear me. Roddy and Jen, Ginger, you guys hear okay? Yeah, I see by kind of the furthest. You guys hear okay, Luke? All right. I'll make sure of that before we get going too fast here. All right. So what we've heard, we need to declare to others. So let me encourage you this week. I, 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 I told you before, I got a preacher friend in North Carolina, Steve Owenby. And he and I, he, he texts every Friday and he says, hey, you got to share the gospel this week. We, we are trying to hold each other accountable. Are we sharing the gospel? And so what I want to say to you, join me and Steve of being intentional. Now listen to that word. We're intentionally trying to share the gospel through the week. We're looking for opportunities. When your mind is on that issue, when your mind is set, I'm going to look for opportunities to declare the message, to declare the gospel, to share how Jesus has changed my life. If you're intentional, then you're going to more often have opportunities to share the gospel. Every one of us here have opportunities every week. But when we're intentional about it, we're going to recognize those. We're going to hear the Holy Spirit. We're going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look for opportunities to share the gospel. We're going to look for opportunities. This is a brand new week. That's what I love about Jesus. I love. Forget about last week. This is a brand new week. This past week, man, that was just a couple of days when I just, I told Jen, I said, I've got road rage. I ain't just... You know, everything going on with COVID sticking its head back up. And just and it's like, you know, you, you get pulled into this negative cocoon. It's so easy. Anybody else, anybody else there? I mean, it's so easy right now to get so just drawn in and just driving Stone Drive, right? We'll just test your Christianity, won't it? I mean, and this week I just told Jen, I just, I'm really struggling this week. I'm just overwhelmed about some things. And I'm just, I'm just this whole COVID thing sticking its head back up and everything's you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, today, it's a brand new week. I get a new opportunity this week. I get a new chance to, to not be in darkness like we're going to talk about, but to walk in light and to intentionally share the gospel this week. So join me as John, John says, what I've heard, I'm going to declare. I'm going to tell others. What that may mean to you is you share how Jesus has worked in your life. What has Jesus done for you? How has he blessed you? How has he saved you? Share with others. And here's what he's sharing with us today. He says, here's what I declare to you. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. John is from East Tennessee when he talks like that. There ain't no darkness in him at all. Don't that just sound like East Tennessee? At all. There's no darkness in him. And so we're thinking about how God is light. We think about it in the Scripture. We read often about what God does, how God does this, and God's been doing miracles. We had a whole series about the miracles. But here John is telling us who God is. God is light. What does it mean for God that God is 
light. When we think of light, light reminds us of, of, of pureness, of holiness, of goodness. Think about God. There is no evil in God. Can you say amen to that? There is no evil in God. God is completely pure. He is completely good. He is completely holy. There is no impurity. There is no anything negative or false about who God is. And so when we say God is light, we are thinking of His holiness, of His purity, that He is perfect. Jesus walked on this earth for 33-some years, and He never sinned. He was perfect. He, he never had a, a, a lustful thought. He never had an angry thought that, that, that was sinful. He never had any negative in his life. He didn't disobey his parents. He, he never spoke evil of someone. He, he never sinned. He was perfect. When we think of God as light, we also think that light is, when we think of truth, we, we think of during the dark ages, that, that's a thought when there wasn't much uh, revelation, there wasn't much thinking, there wasn't much clarity during the dark ages. So when you think of light, we think of truth. We think of, of, of revelation, things being revealed. We read the passage here in John 3 that things are revealed by the light. When our power, when your power and my power, our power went off Friday night, things are different in the dark. You know, you, you want to have light. It shows you and it reveals to you. And so we think about with God, there is nothing untruthful. There, there is no falsehood with God. He is truthful. His word is true. And so that's when we think of God is light. And notice John says there is no darkness at all in him. He is 100% pure and holy, and He is true. And so that's who He is as we think about who Jesus is. So then look at the next verse. So God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Be reminded, God does not do evil. God does not sin. God does not lie. That's who God is. God is light. He shines the light of the gospel into our lives. And so look at verse 6. John really, he confronts us. He, he hits us head on. He, he sets the pace. He says, here's who God is. Now who are we? Now who are we as humanity? Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. In two weeks, we'll be talking a lot about the rest of this chapter, about what we're to do with our sin. We're going to be talking about confessing our sin in two weeks, and we'll finish. But our focus today is God is light, and how does that affect us? And so let's think for a few minutes about this passage. Look, at we, look in the Gospel of John with me. Let's read a couple of verses about what John says in his Gospel about God being light. Look in verse 
chapter 8, verse 12, if you have your Bibles. If you don't, I'll read it to you. Chapter 8, verse 12. Listen to what John says. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We as humanity, God is light, He is true, and He is holy. And we as humanity, we are a people who dwell in darkness. We are evil and we are blind. And all of us, before we became believers of Jesus, that's who we were. That's who humanity is today. They are evil and they are blind because they are in the darkness. God is in the light. Humanity is in the darkness because of sin. When Adam sinned, centered into the world, and it put us into a dwelling land of darkness. But Jesus came, born of a virgin, and He came to be the light to the world. He came to be a light to this darkened world. And the gospel is shown into our hearts, and if we receive it by faith, we are, trans- we are transformed, we are changed from the darkness to the light. He transitions us, and we become part of the kingdom of the light. Let me read you a couple other verses in the Gospel of John. He says a lot about the light in his Gospel. Chapter 1 of John, he says in verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. What does John go on to say? He came into his own, and his own what? Received him not. The darkness Puts Jesus away, the light of the world. On down in the passage, he says, That was the true light, Jesus was, which gives light to every man coming into the world. There is no excuse. Romans says no one has an excuse. When you stand before God one day, you're not going to have an excuse of say, Well, I didn't know. No excuse. There, there is light that's been revealed to everyone who comes into the world. Just looking at creation. How can you doubt that there's a God just looking at creation? How can you doubt there's a God when you see a baby be born? There is enough information for you to respond to. There is no excuse. Look on over in, uh, let's see, what's the other passage we want to read? Let me find it here. So in uh, chapter 12, one more passage, chapter 12, verse 46, it says this, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So here we are in the darkness, evil and blind, but into the darkness a great light has shone. The gospel, Jesus came as a light of the world, And He shines the gospel into our lives. And if we believe in Him, then we are transitioned into the kingdom of light. When Jesus entered this world, He brought truth and He brought purity into this darkened world. And the Holy Spirit will expose our sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. And then we have the opportunity. We are convicted of our sin. We either repent and receive by faith Jesus as Lord, or we can remain in darkness, lost in our sins. I would say to those that are here today, 
who have not yet received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're still in the darkness today spiritually, I would encourage you that this would be a wonderful, marvelous day to embrace the light, to come out of the darkness as the Holy Spirit convicts you. And if you're under conviction and you recognize your sin has been exposed, you know that you're a sinner, you've sinned against God. And today, to embrace the light, to embrace Jesus, to embrace the cross and the resurrection, to repent of your sins and to trust in Christ, I pray that you would do that today and this would be your day of salvation. Verse 6 and 7, John is challenging us as believers. He's challenging us about the issue of fellowship. Now understand today, there's a difference in fellowship and relationship. When we think of fellowship, let's take my, the love of my life over here, my wife, Jen. We have a relationship. It, it, we're married. We've been married 29 years. We have a relationship. But when I don't listen to her, when I'm rude to her, guess what? We're still married, but the fellowship is not very sweet. Can I get a witness, men? I mean, man, I mess up. I mean, I, I'm a terrible husband sometimes. And, you know, the ball game's on, and she's in the kitchen talking to me, and here's what she'll hear. What'd you say, honey? I mean, I, 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 I mess up a lot. But guess what? Our relationship hasn't changed, but our fellowship has. When we have truly been saved, when we've repented of our sins and we put our faith in Christ, we have a relationship with Jesus that's built on what Jesus has done. But when we, and going back to what John says here, look and listen to what he says again. If we say we have fellowship with him, with Jesus, but we're walking in the darkness, he makes it pretty blunt. You're a liar. This is really uh, where, the, where the rubber beats the road here. I mean, he is really speaking some challenging words to us today. As we're getting ready to go to the Lord's table, 1 Corinthians says, examine ourselves. Today, we need to do some honest evaluation about ourselves. Not about your spouse, not about your kids, not about the people around you for yourself today. Honest evaluation. Because here's what John says. You can't walk in darkness and have fellowship with God. It's a very challenging passage. When we think of fellowship, that's the word we've talked about on Wednesday nights, koinonia, that having something in common. What did we say about God? God is light. If you're going to walk with God, it, you have to be in the light spiritually. God will not be found walking in the darkness. What did we say about Him? He is holy and He is pure and He is true. There is no evil in Him. There is no falsehood in Him. And that's what happens in the dark. The dark is where the evil is. The dark is where the, the lying is. The dark is where there is no truth. And so we as believers, if we find ourselves walking in darkness, walking in darkness, walking means what is our pattern of living? How are we living our lives? If we're living our lives disobedient to the Word of God, then we're walking in darkness. And you can't say, well, everything's good with me and the Lord, and be in the darkness. John says, you're a liar. He says, I'm a liar if I say that. 
So this challenge here is to look at our lives to evaluate. You see what happens in many of our lives, we, be, we lie to other people. Yeah, everything's good between me and God, man, we're good. We lie to others. And what happens is we begin to believe the lie ourselves. Yeah, everything's okay with me and God. I sure am a whole lot better than that guy. I sure am a lot better than her. And we begin to believe the lie. John comes along and says this. If you're walking in darkness, you're walking in disobedience, then you're not in fellowship with God. You're a liar if you're saying you're in fellowship with God. And so he challenges us and he calls us out to say, you can't say that. Here's what Swindoll in his commentary said. I, I couldn't say it any better, so I just wrote down what he said. If we say we have fellowship with God, but are looking at pornography, we lie. If we say, Swindoll goes on to say this, if we say we are close to God, but we're stirring up trouble in the church by gossiping and murmuring, we lie. He makes so clear. We, we have got into this society of this world that as long as we're better than somebody else, then everything's okay between us and God. God doesn't compare you and He doesn't compare me to other people. He compares us to His Son, Jesus. And when we're walking in disobedience, we are not in fellowship with God. Now, you can lie to yourself and you can lie to others, but if you're walking in disobedience, you are not in fellowship with God. What John is saying is, and we're going to hear those words in two weeks. If we say, John comes along and says, Hey, church, what you say, your talk, should be seen in your walk. If you're not walking in light, you're, if you're not walking in obedience, if you're walking in darkness, then if you say you're in fellowship with God, you're lying. You're lying, John says. And he encourages us in verse 7, we need to get back to walking in the light. When we walk in the light, what we're doing is we're submitting to His authority and to the Word of God. We are conforming our actions and our attitude to God's actions and His attitude. When we're walking in light, then we line up with what God's Word says. To walk in darkness is when we conform to the world. Is when not God's authority in our life, it's not the Word of God, but we're the authority in our life and we're walking in disobedience. When we walk in the light, the Word of God takes a priority in our life. When we're walking in the light, prayer takes a priority in our life. When we're walking in the light, being among God's people and the people of God and in the church and serving and growing in the church takes a priority. In the darkness, we neglect God's Word. We neglect prayer. We neglect being part of the people of God and the fellowship of the people of God and serving. I can tell you how it happens. It's an easy transition from walking in the light to walking in darkness. It's an easy transition. You, you stop reading your Bible. You stop praying. Church attendance becomes less important. Serving others becomes less important. Gradually, it doesn't happen overnight happens gradually. 
And so John is encouraging us that our talk would match our walk. And so what he is encouraging us today, and Paul does this in Corinthians, he says, examine yourself. So in just a moment, we're going to go to the Lord's table. And we're to examine ourselves. And if you're here and you're a believer, it's a time to be have an honest evaluation of your life. Is there some areas in your life that you're walking in darkness? Then in just a moment, confess that. You can come up here if you want to kneel down. You can kneel down next to your chair. You can just sit there in your chair and just bow your heads and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of where I'm walking in darkness. I have been lying when I say everything's right between me and you, God. I confess that sin today, and we return to the light, and we return to sweet fellowship. You're not being saved again. Hear me today. I'm not saying you need to be saved again, but you're in darkness, and you need to be back in the light to be in fellowship with God. Now, here's the thing, though. If you can remain in darkness, and it doesn't bother you, then you may need to check up whether you've truly been saved or not. It's like my uncle Adrian Rogers used to say. There's a difference in stumbling into the pool and doing a cannonball into the pool. You get that? There's a difference in living continually in sin, and there's a difference that when we stumble into the darkness, we come under conviction. And we know, man, this week when I had a bad attitude, the Holy Spirit was beating me up one side or the other. I was convicted that I had a wrong attitude. So if you're in the darkness and the Holy Spirit is convicting you, return to the light today. Repent of that. God, forgive me for those thoughts I've had. God, forgive me for that attitude. God, forgive me for what I've been doing. God, forgive me of this relationship I'm in that's out of your will. God, do a work in my life. Today is to embrace the light and to prepare yourselves for the Lord's Supper title of our message is we'll leave the light on for you church when we're walking in the light then we are leaving a light on for this world that's in the darkness the church when we are walking in the darkness we are leaving no light on there, there is no light for them to see what it means to follow Jesus and so let us recognize the importance of being a light in this darkened world do you notice when our, when our power, when our electricity was off the other night, when, when Jen turned on her cell phone light, light pushes back darkness. Darkness cannot overcome the light. We do not have to be afraid of this world and the evil of this world. When we are walking in the light, we're under the care and the, and the hand of God. And whatever happens to us walking in the light, God has allowed it, and we're going to walk with Him and trust in Him even in the midst when we don't understand. Walking in the light, we push back darkness. That's what Ridgeview is going to do. We're going to push back the darkness in this community. As every Sunday we scatter, go to our homes and our jobs and our schools, we're, taking, we're walking in the light, and we're taking the light, and we're pushing back the darkness. And so let me encourage you as a church, let us leave the light on for a world that's in darkness. If you're here and you're a believer, prepare your hearts for Lord's Supper. For those who are lost, I'm going to be right up front here. Israel's going to be coming and he's going to be playing music. We're going to take a few moments. If you're here and you're lost, I'm going to stand right here and I will welcome you into the family of God if you would like to come and be saved today. Would you bow your heads with me for a few moments?
This is what we call an invitation. This is what we call preparing ourselves for Lord's Supper. Let me read you what Paul says. As in your heart, you're preparing yourselves. Here's what Paul says. He says, I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he's betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, walking in darkness, will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, herself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Heads are bowed. In these few moments, would you do a self-examination? Would you do an honest evaluation? Some areas in your life where you're walking in darkness? Confess that today and embrace the light of what God's Word says about that situation in your life. If you're here and you're lost, Would you just get up out of that chair? Would you just come and say, Pastor, today I give my life to Jesus. I embrace the light today. Maybe you're here and you've been saved, never been baptized, and you want to come join us at the river. You can go home wet. I'm going home wet. I didn't bring no clothes to change. I'm just going to go home wet. Be glad for to baptize you today. We're preparing our hearts. Lord's Supper at Ridgeview is open communion. You do not have to be a member of Ridgeview. You do need to be a member of the family of God. If you're a believer, you are invited to participate with us. Because in heaven, it won't just be Baptist. It won't just be Ridgeview. There'll be people from all nations. There'll be people from all these denominations. We are a family of God because of Jesus Lord, bless our time as we go to the table now. Paul's words remind us as often as we do this, we are to declare your death, Jesus, and your resurrection until you come. Lord, as John said, even so come, Jesus. Even so come. This world is on a slippery slope. And we as your people cry out to you, even so come, Jesus. Even so come. But as you tarry your coming, you do it so that more can be saved. Help us to walk in the light and live out our faith. Lord, as we take of this bread and this juice, we remember you. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we say thank you. Amen.